Welcome everybody to The Future is Remote, a brand new podcast series about the future of work and particularly the shift to remote. I am the self-proclaimed remote evangelist Kenneth Hellem and I'm on a mission to inspire individuals, teams and organizations to accelerate the move to the future. We'll be talking about the pros and cons of remote work, why I believe hybrid is a necessary evil, the gig economy, automation, and AI. You will learn about leadership best practices, how to lead remote teams, and how to optimize your remote game. We'll be hearing from the leaders, thinkers, and doers shaping the future of work in 20-minute bite-sized episodes. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, lean back, and enjoy the show. Today, we're going to talk about how to scale a globally distributed organization. And with me in the virtual studio, I have no one else than Eric Olsson, VP of Global Operations at Omnipresent. Omnipresent is a global employment partner. And what that means is they make it easy for companies to recruit all around the globe. Eric is a strategy and operations executive with more than 20 years of experience leading transformations, turnarounds, rapid performance improvements, and operating models development across Europe and Latin America. Wow, that was a mouthful. Eric is passionate about customer value, competitive strategy, people development, and results. He has lived in Sweden, El Salvador, Colombia, Spain, Switzerland, the US, and the UK. I counted quickly, and I think that's seven countries. I'm at eight, so so I have just a little, just a little advantage on Eric on this one. However, Eric is fluent in Spanish. Hola, amigo. English, hello, my friend, and Swedish, Shana Graban. Um, he has double master's degrees and has worked on submarines. Welcome, Eric, to the show. It's great to have you here today. Thanks, Kenneth. I really appreciate it. This is a, this is a very important topic for myself, of course, and, and uh, I also feel for, for society at large, I think there's lots of opportunity in this space. I, I think it's a paradigm shift. I think we are, have started entering something that will change absolutely everything. I think so too, right? I mean, looking back upon the last couple of years, COVID was a challenge in many ways, right? And, and a lot of people suffered with it. I think it also forced employers to rethink a little bit about how they actually, you know, how they think about what is a workplace and, and how that will, that will work. And um, it also encouraged employees to think differently about how they want to live their lives effectively. So I, I agree with you. It is a paradigm shift. And I think there'll be numerous positives coming out of it. And it's exciting. I mean, it's an area that I've dedicated my, my time and energy to. And I love the things that, that you are doing at, at Omnipresent. So, so how about you give us a quick introduction to, to what is Omnipresent and what is it you guys do? Yeah, perfect. Uh, it's almost best explained by an example. So let's say that, you're, let's say that you have a company in, in Stockholm and you're doing great things and you want to expand and you want to find you know, great, great people to, to work for, for your business. And, and you find one such individual and you really hit it off and, and you decide like, this is the perfect person for my business. And then you reach the conclusion, kind of both you and the candidate to say like, well, hey, you know, my business is in Stockholm, but this person may be in Turkey. How do we make that work? Um, and, and at that point, you, you kind of stumble upon any number of, of, of problems, right? Like people may not want to move. Um, and, and then, you know, how do you then set up employment in Turkey? And this is where Omnipresent comes in. Uh, to the equation um, and as, assisting you in not having to go through what it means to be you know fully compliant in, in Turkey and not having to do the cognitive work of understanding Turkish labor law um, also for the for the candidate we are able to provide them with a fully fully functional and fully compliant 
Turkish employment uh, opportunity, which mirrors what they're used to. So it would work the same way in terms of what they're legally entitled to and, you know, structure in terms of uh, tax and everything else. So it becomes a win-win for both. Effectively, we provided your business in Stockholm with a phenomenal individual. And, and ideally, this person in Turkey has also found an, his, his or her employer of choice. And you do this across the globe, right? We do this across the globe. And uh, we, we pride ourselves on being active in, in a wide variety of, of geographies. I think our website still lists about 180 or so. Uh, I think we might even, might even have surpassed that. We're, as, the name, as the name implies, we are everywhere. And when we start thinking about remote work and, and what Omnipresent actually does or, or will be able to do, then I think it, you know, employment is the beginning of that journey. We should be thinking about the, the, the life cycle of employment to a much greater degree. And, and when we do, you know, Omnipresent will have an opportunity to serve companies at a, at a much greater level. A lot of things surface in the, in, the, uh, in the remote workspace that we'll need to deal with. And uh, some of those things we also come across in the office space. It's just that they look different. But for example, people need computer equipment. How do they get that? Or people need to be aware of their working environment and ergonomics, and that also needs to be to be served. So not only the employment solution that we're that we're in today, but I think the the overall workspace of what remote work uh, is 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 going to have it's going to go through a couple of fundamental changes. I think change management 101, you need three things to drive change. You, you need a, a change in mindset, you need a change in skill set, and you need a change in tool set or technology. And, and like you're saying, I think we had the technology. This isn't new. But with COVID and the pandemic, they forced the mindset change. And I don't think we're going to be able to change our minds back. I think the next sure. big one now is we need to look at the, the skill sets. Yes, definitely, right? I mean, and, and I think it's obvious to state like, well, remote working is different than, than working in a regular office environment. Yes, of course it is. The, the, the challenge, as you point out, is it's like, well, in what way then? And, and how does that change kind of some of the things that we've taken for granted? Um, so, so one thing that's actually close to what I'm actually quite interested in solving is then it's like, well, what does that imply from a leadership point of view, for example? Managing people remotely, how does that work? Um, you know, what are the dynamics that we need to put in place in order for, for people to become productive, still feel engaged and involved? How do we get people out of kind of like the ever-connected state and or, or in some cases also kind of the, the, the perception of being kind of all alone in the world, you know, and while seeing a, a, friendly, a friendly bunch of avatars or, or emojis on your screen? And, and you're in a perfect position to do that because you're, you're in the space where you're helping companies hire globally, but you've also yourself gone through this journey, right? So, so give us a little history lesson. Uh, Omnipresent started 2019. How's that journey looked for you? Correct. So if we do take a look at the business, uh, then you know, Omnipresent is obviously kind of like the, the vision or, or the brainchild of, of Matt and Gunther, um, having gone through the... Uh, the uh, the entrepreneur first program and coming out with this idea like well the future of work is going to change and I think what we've been able to do um, over a, a short period of time is to to capitalize on the need that has been out there and in doing so you know being able, like building out the, the service and the product required to to not only do 
uh, what we do today, but like to effectively tech enable some of this, taking the taking the admin out and making this a this a smoother journey. And um, um, if if we do look a little further, and obviously like broadening broadening the offering of what we do and becoming a more complete provider is obviously of, of interest. What we aim to do is to take um, a, a fair bit of, of that chunk of admin away. Uh, so that that people can or the businesses can go about like just finding phenomenal people and and go about their business as they normally would. So so last time we spoke, Eric, I said that you have my dream job. You're VP of strategy of operation in a fast growing tech scale up. Like nothing to me can be be more exciting. But but for our listeners out there, what the strategy and operations mean? Yeah, when I when I think of it, and uh, I think I mean. I, it's difficult to define like two very broad terms. Um, I, I think of operations in many ways as kind of the working mechanisms of, of how a company comes together. So, you know, look at most things. There's like, there's a machine in the background working somewhere. And, and, uh, and, and that's kind of how I, how I feel operations is. Um, so I think, I mean, there are lots of, there are lots of businesses that have done this well. You can, you can look at you know, regardless of if, you know, they're not, no organization is perfect in every regard, but, you know, for example, you say it's like, well, you know, Federal Express have done a great job of optimizing according to what their operations engine is and, and, and Walmart has done the same. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Ryanair personally, but I think they have a wonderful coherence to their operating model, which I think kind of goes into it. So understanding how operations is actually a key value driver for, for, for clients and, and building around that and, and shaping capabilities in that space helps companies win. And then helping, taking that and, and putting into kind of a strategic context that gives operations a, a seat at the table in terms of, uh, you know, where, where a business could, could evolve and, and how it should compete in that space. So I'm, I'm, I'm as excited as you. I, I think this is also a truly exciting opportunity and, and being, being in a startup and having the, the, uh, the possibility of shaping this or, you know, you know, giving it, giving it air and life but from a very early stage is it, it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. Which brings us to the topic of today, how to scale a globally distributed organization. So when did you join Omnipresent? How big were you at the time? Uh, I joined Omnipresent October two years. Well, so two years ago, effectively. Yeah. And how big of a company was that? I think we were about somewhere between, you know, 12 or 15 people or so. It was, it was, <laughs> it was quite small by far, by far the smallest company that, that I'd worked for uh, up until then. So a new, and a new challenge for me, um, and kind of a, you know, a very, a very tight knit, tight knit group of people and, uh, you know, really strong alignment of, um, of ambition and, and vision, I feel. And you've grown that team from 12, 15 people to, to where it is today. Yeah. So I think the, the, uh, the, the number of, of people changes very quickly. So I would not be able to give you an accurate daily, daily number here, but we're going to be well over 400 at this point. So it's, I mean, it's a, you know, if you're looking at it in kind of a, kind of a two year journey here, then we're looking at an organization that's multiplied, you know, 20, 20 times effectively, which is. It's which is very very significant, and that that's crazy. That that poses so many challenges that I think most companies have never experienced. Like, 
how do you hire so many people? How do you find so many people? How do you onboard and integrate so many people? Yeah, I think there, there there's lots there's lots to be said about that. And and I think first of all, kudos to our our phenomenal people team that have made this possible. Uh, I, I uh, they're they're truly superstars. And uh, I think the other the other part is in in the way that we in the way that we look at people. I think the 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 profile for for doing this type of work um, needs to be potentially a little bit specific. But I think if we can find people that are ambitious, take initiative, and and are are willing to experiment and move things forward, that goes a very very long way. Uh, and and I think the other thing that we'll need to, to do is like apart from a, a solid screening mechanism is to work closely with, with the people that join and enabling, enabling them to, to, to or enable their success effectively. It changes a little bit of, of, uh, um, of how I think about, you know, probably work in the traditional sense, office buildings and leaders walking around and checking in on people and whatever. And uh, you cannot do any of that, right? Like at this level of scale, that's just not possible. And, and I think that's actually a positive. You'll have to, you know, screen people, of course, make sure you get really great people on board, but then also trust them to, to do what they do best and move projects and daily tasks along. And uh, I think for the, for the very majority of, of those situations, you'll find that, that people do phenomenal work when, when encouraged to take responsibility and, and give an accountability for important, for important projects. And, and you're eating your own dog food. Like you, you have access to the full plethora of benefits that remote working gives from a global resource pool to, like you said, not having to have an office and the infrastructure that comes with that. So, so you're very much an example to everybody else who's starting this journey. I think so, right? I, th I think, I mean, one immediate benefit is, is obviously to say like, well, hey, you know, um, if, I, if I look at the recruitment pool in any particular country, then that's going to be smaller than the global talent pool. So we have a very vast talent pool then to, 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 to pull from, which is, which is super exciting. And uh, I mean, if we do take an example, which is, which is very relevant, then we'll say it's like, well, hey, you know, if you have a business in Sweden, and are looking for um, engineers or developers, you're going to have a hard time finding them because they're all employed by Spotify and, and, and Klarna and, and, and someone else. So there's a real shortage. And then, you know, if you look at some, somewhere in the same time zone, you'll say it's like, well, hey, you know, South Africa has about like a 40% unemployment rate at this point. So just simply doing some, 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 some math on this, there's going to be some amazing people in South Africa in the tech, tech space that are unemployed. Well, yeah. hey, that's a perfect match, right? Like we can make that work. And, and we're, we're finding some of that as well. Um, and I think the, the other part that we've, that we've been able to do with remote working is to think slightly differently about time zones to say like, well, you know, time zones is a challenge, of course. It's, it's great to have people uh, available and you can have conversations and, and whatnot, but it's also an opportunity. Right? like people in in Europe finishing their day and leaving some tasks over for the U.S. team, and those get handed over to the the Asia the Asia Pacific team. And when you wake up in the morning, that project that you were working on is just just so much further ahead than it was when you left off. If you can make that work, and you can get a kind of a follow the sun approach to things, then I, I think you know companies will be able to 
push productivity and innovation to to a very to a very different level. I like that a lot. Another one I've seen on that topic is having a truly global team. You're bringing in culture. You're bringing in perspectives from from every market where you operate. So so you'll understand your customers so much better than than if you were to sit in one country and guessing what people might need in El Salvador. Yeah. No. I mean that's 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 also a benefit, right? I mean, in in, in our case, we're we're dealing with employment and. Uh, it, it's a in, in I think employment is a kind of a personal. It's in many ways a personal decision, right? It's some it's it's something important. It it needs to be right. So in in some cases, having a globally a global globally diversified team gives us an opportunity to interact with people in in local language, and and that that makes a difference, right? I'd I'd say we we probably cover I'll probably cover at least like fifty or sixty nationalities today. So we definitely cover more languages than that, but uh, you know we'll, we'll certainly com- continue to push this. Having having an op- opportunity to talk to, you know, clients, potential employees, providers in local language, I think it's it's an advantage, definitely. I'm guessing it's not been all smooth sailing. What would you say some of the larger challenges have been along the way? Sure. No, I mean I, I think I think there are some some of the obvious ones, right? Like we we. We uh, will have to experiment with with time zones and how do we manage that. And uh, I think the for many organizations and, and particularly ones potentially stationed here or, or you know to to an office building, the default for getting information across to people is meetings. And uh, that's great. I love meetings when you know when that's when, when that's the appropriate way to go. But when you have a globally uh, distributed team. And getting everybody in a room, even if it's a virtual one, is uh, just just not practical at all times. Um, we'll have to be respectful of, of you know the, of the time differences and th- the fact that people also have lives. So, moving more towards asynchronous work, more towards written documentation, is is definitely the way to go. We don't yet have all the answers there, but I think we're we're certainly exploring enough and, and having enough people playing around with it. We'll we'll have some good ideas about that going forward. So we've talked about omnipresent uh, at large, but but you also built your team, um, your operation team. What would you say were some of your best practices? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, the operations team. I, I think we're all, almost uh, what I think we're probably ninety to one hundred people today. We've one of the things that we've been very keen on is making sure that we have enough capacity to support the, the growth and, and, and the scale of the business. That's been a challenge in itself. Um, but I think in terms of, of, of best practices is, is also, you know, looking for people that can do the work, of course, uh, but then also looking for the, the people that I mentioned that have kind of ambition and initiative. I think the third factor has, has been like trying to find people with a quirk. So, <laughs> Tell me more. So yeah, people with a quirk is, is not is people that don't necessarily have kind of a straight line career development. So you know, you'll find somebody who's been, you know, a professional athlete that's now doing something and they've evolved into doing legally related project work. That's great. You know, we'll, we'll get a kind of a different view and new perspectives on this. We'll get people that have been in the uh, wedding planning event coordination business 
it's like, hey, you know, that's not necessarily fully <laughs> aligned with with what we do, but you can bet that these people can deal with you know pressure and and when the you know when when the heat is on, these people can always deliver, right? So I think we'll you know by playing around with this, with culture, with language, with the nationalities and geographies, you get like a very healthy mix of of good ideas and, and solutions. And I think part of what we've been able to do well is to, to, to take some of that mix and put it towards difficult problems. And I think when you have unknown difficult problems to solve, it, I think a diversified team will do very well. Would you, um, would you say you made any mistakes along the way? Um, yeah, I mean, any business will go through through mistakes, right? I think the the uh, the important learnings there is I don't necessarily not to shy away from those, but like recover quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have we on occasion gotten information that was that was incorrect to clients? Yes, of course, that's happened. You know, at times, have we been quick to re- to resolve that? I, I think so. I think we've also been like personal in, in that approach and, and making sure that those clients were incre- incredibly well taken care of despite the initial mistake. Um, you know, have we have we made mistakes with like implementing software and trying out new processes? Like, well, I'd, I'd hope we'd make those types of mistakes every day a little bit and, and then we'll we'll iterate and improve as we go along. So, I mean, it's it's very easy to look at some sort of a company history and in like in like in perfect hindsight said so like well you know it was a straight journey and all the decisions that we took led us to this final outcome i think the reality is actually quite different there will be there will be highs and lows and 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 some things that go well and 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 others that don't and i think you know we'll, we'll all grow from that and, and there will be important learnings going forward so no definitely a few mistakes definitely more more to come as well Excellent. I think that's probably a good place to to start wrapping it up. But I wanted to ask you a final question. I work with a lot of startups, scale-ups, who are maybe 30, 40, 50 people, and they're looking to scale. They might have just raised their Series A, and they're trying to figure out how do we get through this hyperscale journey that that we're going towards. What would be one piece of advice that that these founders can take and implement today? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd like to offer two pieces of advice. I think... Getting relatively senior people in soon is important, um, and, and that will be seasoned people that have been, you know, they've they've seen a bunch of, of of things go well and go wrong in lots of other businesses. So they they have the seniority to kind of shape strategy for different areas, um, and, and that will then, like, if you're looking at from it from kind of an owner's point of view or founder's point of view, that's like, that will take some of the pressure off of you. You don't have to take all the decisions in all related fields. So that gives you thinking time for, for other, for other pieces. The, the other thing, thing then when we do scale up businesses or, or, or try to grow them, like dare to think globally, you don't need to have, you know, even if it is, as we talked about, like before, it's like, even if it is Swedish, it's a Swedish company based in Sweden, it's like, that doesn't mean that all your staff needs to be um swedish citizens are located in sweden think global you'll find phenomenal people out there thank you so much um from myself and from all the founders out there this has been super valuable i love this work that you're doing at omnipresent um so so the only thing i can say is keep it up thank you for coming on the show today eric thanks kenneth i really appreciate it yeah let's stay in touch happy to share more news 
Okay, everybody, that was Eric Olsen from Omnipresent talking about how he helped grow the organization from 12 to 400 people. A couple of key takes away from, from me is number one, not having a physical office has enabled them to scale 20x. One, because they have access to that global employment pool, but two, because if you, it forces you to give up control and, and learn to trust your people. Second takeaway is when you're hiring, make sure to hire people that, who are ambitious, that take initiative and are willing to experiment, but also people who has a quirk or something different in, uh, in their profile. And finally, dare to think globally. As always, my name is Kenneth Hellem and you are listening to The Future is Remote. If you like this episode, make sure to uh, click that subscribe button and follow on on LinkedIn. Until next time, this is The Future is Remote. <laughs>